0: Welcome on show. Oh, thank you, Pooh. Hey everybody. Welcome to another episode of Journey from Infertility. It's Lindsay. I hope you guys had an awesome week. This is the week that is leading up to Mother's Day. So I do want to send a big hug out to all of my mothers this week. We are it may be a struggle for some of us this week, some of us it might not be, but I am sending a big hug out to all of us as we are coming up on this day, and as many of us, we do have many babies that we hold into our hearts, so big hugs out to you guys, and I'm thinking about you on this upcoming Sunday. I wanted to get into a uh, a question, I kind of wanted to elaborate on it just a little bit, um, and it's from one of my good friends. So Good afternoon. My message is more of a question. I wanted to know, how did you cope with the feeling of having so many losses? What were your techniques to keep yourself grounded in reality and that, to know that future children was still possible? I don't even think that I've answered this question for myself. But the only way that kept me grounded was just my support system because it was really hard for me in the beginning to believe that I would even have kids. You know, even just saying, I I don't think that I thought after I started to have these losses, I don't believe, I didn't believe myself that I would even be able to have kids. And I also think that was part of my problem. Well, I can't say it's a problem, but it was part of my healing that was never done. Like that was the unhealing of unhealing of myself because I did not I I actually just accepted it and I laid down and I let that be. But um my support system like my best friend Jessica, my best friend Sierra, my husband, my mom, my dad, my sister, those were the people who kept me grounded. Um that's what kept me grounded is that Even when I did not believe in myself, they did. You know, they held my my hand. They wiped my tears. But ultimately, it took me to get to a place where I had to believe it for myself. I literally used to carry around a mustard seed that my mom gave me in a little bag in my purse. And that was all the faith that I had left in my purse. And that was all the faith that I had left that I would ever have kids. It took... Again, it took me a long time for me to just accept it. And it took my husband speaking to me and speaking into me um, that, you know, I had to love on my stepdaughter, who I don't call really call her that. She's my bonus daughter, my 17-year-old, seven. I had to lean into her and love on her to get to a point where, you know, I accepted that she'll be mine. That was the, I think that was really kind of the turning point in my relationship with her, my relationship with him. It took me to accept and love her. And it was literally probably, you know, not too long. I don't want to say not too long after that, but for me to just completely say like, she's mine, like I'm going to have to love her as mine. And it took It wasn't too much longer after that when I just kind of just said, okay, she's mine. But what kept me grounded also was that, you know, like I said, I didn't believe I would have kids. And so once the doctor told me that I wouldn't have kids on my own, I wasn't really in a rush to try to get pregnant or, you know, at least attempt to get to that point. I just really let it go. And, you know, as much as they say, I let go and I let God. And it's so funny that when I first just, I kind of just got to this point, like it was literally probably the week before I found out that I was pregnant with Lauren. The week prior to me finding out, I had been just in this this funk and I could not, I couldn't take it anymore. And so I literally started talking um, and praying on my way home from work. And it was literally a week, like one week. I just, I could not function. Like I did not want to hear the noise of the radio. I didn't want to hear the noise of outside. I literally, from the moment I left work, I turned the radio off when I got in the car and I would just talk to God like, why are you doing this? What is going on? You keep saying that you're going, you know, you keep telling me to wait. And I've heard that so many times, you know, from him, like just wait. But I didn't know what the wait was for. So I'm asking, like, what, when are you going to stop making me wait? At what time are you going to stop making me wait? you know, I'm sick and tired of getting my hopes up month after month after month, thinking that you're going to let me carry a blessing. At what point are you going to let me give this man kids? I want to be able to at least have kids with this man, you know, at some point in my life. I want to get married to him. I want to love on him. I want to be able to you know, Grant, he has kids of his own, but I want my kids with him too. At what point? And this was literally from a Monday to a Friday every day for 30 to 45 minutes from the moment I left work to the moment I got home. I would literally sit in silence in my car and just either I would be silently talking to God or I'll be speaking out loud. And then that following week, it was... A positive pregnancy test and it freaked me out because I'm like oh so you were listening to me and you already knew I was pregnant and you just needed me to just go ahead and just tell you like hey when are you gonna give me my chance and that was you telling me it then so staying grounded was that and that little mustard seed that I kept in my wallet came to fruition and I had my baby And it was the best thing, you know, to happen to me, Granted, It was a a rough pregnancy for me, but again, I didn't, I never thought that I would have kids after that. And it, it just, it turned everything for me. And then the second time around, you know, that whole conversation I had with someone, I never thought that, you know, I would get pregnant again. Granted, I, if I had Lauren, I knew I could get pregnant again, but I didn't think like Okay, well, you know that was it. It's not gonna happen again, and sure enough, it did. And is here, and I'm thankful for both of them. Um, another question that I tend to get a lot from, you know, other people is, what keeps you going after losing, or the all of these losses? What kept you sane from the beginning, and I can't give people, you know, the 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 horror story of what I went through. But the thing that I tell people is take it a day at a time. If you can wake up, you can make it through the day and go through the night and get up and do it again. That's it. Take it day by day. There's again, I wish no someone would told me that there was no limit to your grief time. You can grieve for however long it takes because it was my first miscarriage that I suffered from was in 2008. So from my from 2008 up until 2017 from when I had my first baby, that's a long time to still grieve and even still my son was, you know, born still in 2009. And then again, to this day I'm still grieving. And that's a process that you have to get through on your own time. There's no window. There's no timetable. There's no rush. There's no urgency. You do what you have to do to make sure that you are okay. Because nobody else is really going to take care of you the way that you can. It's, It hurts. It hurts. And I don't want to say that it's supposed to hurt. But everybody grieves differently. There's no right or wrong way to grieve, you can type on Facebook. You can type on Twitter. You can post pictures on your Instagram. You can do whatever it is that make you feel comfortable and what makes you feel safe because that's the only way that you're going to get through it. I wish someone would have gave me, you know, just some ideas of things to do to Grief I had to figure that out on my own. My thing was when I felt sad, I would go and sit over in the cemetery in the garden and I would talk because my actually my grandfather is buried over in the same cemetery where the ashes are spread for my son. So I would literally sit there and I would talk to him, I would talk to I would talk to both of them and I would get my feelings out and That's the only thing that used to give me comfort. I would go and sit over in the cemetery in the rain up under an umbrella. I would go walk in the cemetery, you know, just to get some clarity and get away from people, get away from work, get, you know, whatever I had to do to make sure I was okay to get, again, to get up, get through the day, go to bed, and do it over again. The same timetable or the same. Thing doesn't have to happen every day, but figure it out. You can journal. You can read. Um, I wish I had the book that I helped or that helped me while I was pregnant because that was the only aid that actually helped me get through my first pregnancy with Lauren because I was so afraid, but it was like the supernatural birth. I'd have to look it up and I'll put it in the details when I do find it. And it was the only thing that helped me get through. So there's different grieving processes and it's not a requirement. It doesn't mean that you have to read it or you have to do it, but find whatever makes you feel comfortable. Again, nobody, I repeat, nobody can tell you how to grieve you losing a loved one. No one can tell you how to grieve on you losing a child because there is no... There's no title for us as parents of when we lose children, you know, when a husband loses or a sp- loses a spouse or a wife loses a spouse, they're a widow. You know, when a parent loses a child, what is that? There's no definition of that, you know, and it's hard to get through, but you make the best of it the best way that you can. And again, there's no timetable. And I I, w- I want you to heal and a way that you feel comfortable. So don't let anybody rush you to feel like you have to get over it. You know, the day, you know, your maternity leave is up or the week that you come back to work or whatever the case may be. Don't let anybody tell you a timetable for you to feel like you're okay. You can cry every day. You can cry every hour. You can cry once once a day, whatever it is. Whatever gets you going, whatever can help you push forward, do it. Regardless of how anybody feels about it, do what's best for you. Again, I hope this helps someone this week. um, And I hope you can do whatever it is that you need to just make sure that you feel better. And again, Mother's Day is coming up on Sunday. So if you have to do something special to remember your babies whatever it is that makes you feel happy. And I hope you have a good week. This is Lindsay from Journey from Infertility, and I will see you guys next week.